Hi, I'm Mackenzie, and this is the Mill Spouse Brief. Welcome to season four. If you're just now tuning in, I'll do a little introduction. My name is Mackenzie Culver, and I was born and raised in Columbus, Ohio. I married my high school sweetheart who joined the Marine Corps and got stationed in Camp Pendleton, California. And so that's where we have been living for the last couple years. While I was there, I decided to join the Navy and become a public affair officer. I got accepted in November of 2021 and left for officer candidate school in April of 2022. And then I commissioned in the United States Navy July 15th of 2022. And now we are living in Norfolk, Virginia, where I will be for the next couple years at Navy Public Affairs Support Element East. I am really happy to be picking up the podcast again. I definitely missed it while I was gone. And I think it will be really cool because for the last couple of months while I was at OCS, it was really eye-opening to see the military from the service member perspective instead of the male spouse perspective. And I felt like I learned a lot and it was really cool for my marriage to switch roles and be able to see the different sides and compare and contrast and all that kind of stuff. I feel like my time at OCS was really pivotal in my development as a naval officer and I really want to share I felt like a lot of the time while I was prepping to go to OCS there was a lot of information out there but then there wasn't at the same time and there was a lot of things I learned or wish I had known before I went in and when I got there I was like man I feel like some of these things is really important for people that are coming in that aren't priors is what we call them at OCS so basically people that enlisted and were the enlisted side and then transferred over to become an officer which is now in like the military called a Mustang and I felt like the priors just had so much knowledge and I was like oh my gosh like had I known this or had I known that you know those kinds of things and I think as like being a mill spouse I did have a lot of information that just say a civilian wouldn't know But I still feel like there was a lot of information that I'm like, man, I wish I would have known about that. And I think even like there being a transfer of branches type thing, like my husband's a Marine, I'm now in the Navy, you know, that kind of thing also made it different. And so I definitely am really excited to do season four. And it's going to be about OCS and what the different transitions from being a male spouse to now being an active duty naval officer and what I've learned so far. I feel like there is so much that I've learned in these last couple of months and since getting to Norfolk and I'm really excited to share it. So this episode, the first one of season four, is going to be all about the indoctrination candidate phase of OCS. So what you go through for the first three weeks of OCS what I learned, the different things that I felt like are important to know or that really helped me out. And this is also for people listening that just wanted to hear about my OCS experience. I journaled every single day of OCS, so all 91 days, because I didn't want to forget it. And as I've been prepping for this podcast, it's been really cool to read back uh, through my journal and see the different things and see what I went through. Because there's a lot of things that you forget, which is why I'm really grateful that I took the time to journal every day because there's memories that as I'm reading back, I'm like, oh my gosh, I forgot about that or, oh, that was really funny. So I'm really excited for season four. And without further ado, here is what it's like the first three weeks of OCS.
Okay, so for OCS, I was class 1-3 tech 2-2, and I really feel like after I've gone through that it was the right class for me to be in. I was supposed to go in February, but I wrote a letter to the Navy basically asking if I could go in April because it would work better with my husband's work schedule and my work schedule, which is funny because, as I'll explain, the Candio class, so the last class, uh, the last phase of OCS, they are the ones over your first class, the in-doc class. And it was really funny to realize that I would have been in that class who ended up being over me. But I really believe that I was supposed to be in class 1-3-TAC-2-2. And throughout my 13 weeks there, I really did learn and kind of grow a testament that that was the class I was supposed to be in and I was in the right place. And I'm really grateful. And it definitely expanded my testimony of that God has a plan for us and we are in the right place at the right time when he needs us to be there. So my advice first is you show up and if you're anything like me, I was so nervous. I had no idea what to expect. I was pretty emotional. I cried a lot that first like 24 hours like leaving and seeing Kate upset really was hard for me as well and just for him to show like that vulnerability and like being sad and being nervous and scared for me and like just kind of how much he cared about me really made my heart happy. But my advice would be you show up and on that Saturday you have all day to check in. You have from like eight to 1600. And so my advice would be as much as it's really hard, try and eat because you're gonna be eating box chow, which is just a plain sandwich with a random bag of chips and maybe a granola bar or a piece of fruit for the first like week and a half depending on kind of your class team and how it goes so my first advice would be to, sh to eat before you show up and when we were candios which is the last phase we told every like indoc candidate to come in like have you ate yet like because if not like go to the commissary or the next or subway or like go get food before you check in because you're just going to be sitting in your room and you're going to be starving so the first couple days you check in and it's just a lot of admin and medical. So you're just doing a lot of paperwork, you're doing all of the medical processes, you know, that kind of thing. And it's a lot of sitting around, but I felt like that was the time I really started to get to know people. And I really felt like my friend group started to form even just that early on. Specifically, some of my closest friends in those first few weeks are the people that are alphabetically near you because that's what you're sitting as. Uh, and so that was really cool to just know that you're always going to be sitting next to these people for the first like couple days every single day. And you'll be in a lot of the same medical groups or dental groups as these people. And you do a lot of sitting around, which is my biggest advice is to study. Like we definitely like joked around and talked, but we did a lot of quizzing and studying each other. I'll get into it, but you, for the first three weeks, you learn what's called Appendix Bravo. So it's all the information about your code of conduct, your general orders, your rank structure, all these kinds of things, because your last culminating event of indoc phase, you have to know that information verbatim. And so we did a lot of studying, but my advice would be to know Appendix Bravo before you show up to OCS. It was a very big game changer, the fact that I'd been studying that for the last six months because there's so much more to worry about. Like the biggest thing that OCS does for you is they say, here is six tasks and you have time to complete three, but when we come back, we want all six completed. And so they put a lot on your plate that you can't completely do in that time frame. And so they want to see like how you handle this stress and how you perform. And so being able to know 
95% of Appendix Bravo before I showed up really did help. I almost wish I would have studied it even more. I feel like I'm grateful that I did study, but there were different times when I was studying there, I was like, I'm gonna have time to study there. And while you do have time to study there, I don't believe it's enough time to know Appendix Bravo to the level you need to know, which is verbatim. You need to be able to say everything correctly in that short of a time frame, unless you're like a genius and I'm not, so. I wish I would have studied a little bit more, but I am grateful for the foundation I had before going into OCS. So if you are listening to this because you're going to OCS, I would highly recommend studying Appendix Bravo. And if you need um, any access to the OCR or Appendix Bravo, Appendix Charlie or Delta, just uh, message me or the podcast and I will get that for you because it is imperative that you have it before you go. So... The one thing that was really interesting that I did not know when I showed up to OCS is if you drop, which we call DOR, which is drop on request, you go to what's called student pool. And so that was really interesting for me because I didn't realize that if you quit OCS, you are still there for anywhere from like three to six weeks. It takes forever to out process you. And I had no idea. Like I really thought like if you quit, you're like on a plane in the next day, like going home. Nope, nope, nope. You are sitting in what's called King Hall, which is one of our dorms. And you are, you're part of student pool. So you still have to like wear Navy gear. It's pretty much just PT because you're not allowed to wear like the actual uniforms. And you do like random assignments, but you just live there until they out process you and then you can go home. And so that was also another motivating factor for me for the days when like times got tougher. So I was like, if I drop... I'm still here. And by the time I could go home from being out processed, I'll already be through the sucky parts, already be through the hard parts. I just need to continue to push. And so that's another thing to like always keep in the back of your mind. Like if you do DR, you are at OCS for another four to six weeks, depending on how long it takes to out process you. And so that was pretty interesting. So by day four, I feel like you're really making your friends. You have your friend group. You have the people you talk to. And it was really reassuring for me and really helpful that I had friends so early on because you do so much with them. And during the sucky moments, you're able to just rely on them. And then you kind of like get back to your room and you just like laugh about like, oh, we just went through this or, you know, that kind of thing. And so I feel like by day four, I was like, man, like these are my friends. This is awesome. Like I got this. So the IST, my biggest advice, so this is the initial strength test. So this is when you are, this is the Tuesday after you get there, and this is when you're going to run a PRT. This one's a little different from the other ones because the staff, which is the RDCs, your uh, recruit division commander, the chiefs, and then your drill instructors, which are the Marine Corps drill instructors, they're like screaming at you. And it's interesting because... Everything is dependent at OCS on your class team, which is your two lieutenants that are in the Navy, and then your um, RDC, which is your chief who's in the Navy, and then your Marine Corps drill instructor. So that makes up your class team. And they kind of decide everything. They decide, like, the difficulty level and how things are going to run. And our class team was notorious for being tough. Like, the classes before us and the classes after us did not get the same treatment that we did. Now, granted, in hindsight, I'm really grateful for them. They were an awesome class team. But it's interesting when you look back and you are able to, like, see it from hearing the classes before you and then watching the classes after you. It is very interesting. And so our IST day was very interesting. We wake up 4 in the morning to go, and it's like a blizzard outside. 
And so they're like, okay, we're well, gonna go run indoors. And we're like, okay. And I'm like, okay, like running indoors can't be like that bad, right? Um, well, the track, normally to run a mile and a half, it's six laps on a track. Well, this was an indoor track. So it was 20 laps, which I feel like people might be like listening to that and be like, 20 laps isn't that bad if it's like shorter. But to keep track of 20 laps on this smaller thing and then like passing each other and oh, it was, it was chaotic. So we get there and they are screaming at you and just like a ball of nerves and so you do your push-ups you do your planks and you do your runs and because we were inside and the track was so small they had to break us up and so i was in group one and oh my goodness so we do our push-ups and we planks and then normally you have like kind of like a break you get some water in between and then like you start it but no, they made us run straight upstairs right after doing the push-ups and planks. And then there was no, like, for the other PRTs that you do at OCS, you are buddy counting each other. But for the IST, you're not. Like, you have to have a candy or a staff member count you. And so there was no, like, okay, you do the push-ups, then I count and, like, switch. They did straight, like, push-ups. Okay, the two minutes went off. All right, get in the plank position. Two minutes went off. All right, run upstairs and start the run. And so for me, that was really hard because I like had not been drinking water in between. And so my mouth was really dry, which is something I've always struggled with is when my mouth gets dry, I start to dry heave. So we get up there and I'm like, okay, they'll let us breathe right now. Like at least I can like catch my breath. Nope. He's like, all right, so we're about to start, get on the line, count your laps every time you say your like name and the number of laps every time you uh, reach the start. And we're like, okay, so we start off and oh my gosh, I was like one of four girls. And so we start running and I'm trying to like pace myself. I'm trying not to get too tired running lap one, lap two. Okay, now we're at seven, now we're at eight. And that's when I'm like, oh my gosh, I'm starting to dry heave. This is not good. So I probably run at least five to six laps, like actively like trying to keep my dry heaving down. Like, and so like everyone's like watching me do this and like, are you okay? And I'm like, I'm good. And like, just keep running. I get that under control for lap like 12 to like 18 and the time is starting to get close and I knew what I had to get under and it was starting to get a little too close for comfort and I was like I am not redoing this like I'm not failing the IST I'm not redoing this we've already had like four people drop out of the run and um I'm like this is this is not good and start to dry heave again and I'm like I literally have to like dig deep I'm not and this is really like truthfully when I'm like God pushed me to the end like someone carried me to that finish line in that time that I needed because it was it was it was close um so I finish and they're like I'm like dry heaving again and they're like are you okay do you want to throw up and I'm like no because you can't throw up when you do the PRT um or you you get disqualified so I was like I will not throw up and they're like are you sure you're okay and I'm like yes just let me like walk this off like please just give me a second so I finish and I'm like, okay. And then we do the cool down and their DIs and the RDCs are yelling at you again to get dressed and all that kind of stuff. And it was just very like high stress. And so then you go and you do a bunch of medical and dental and admin for the rest of the couple of days. And I was just so grateful that I'd have to redo the IST because we had a lot of people redo it. We had a lot of people fail the first day. I think we had like 19 people fail the first day. And then we had like seven not pass the second day and get rolled to remedial holding company, which basically means that in indoc phase, if you do not pass an evolution, you go to a holding company and you are there for three weeks until the next class comes. And then you roll up 
when you need to then retake whatever evolution you didn't pass. And I was like, I really, I really don't want to roll because if you roll, it means your graduation is three weeks later. And my family had bought plane tickets and hotels and was planning to come for my original graduation day. And so I was like, I really do not want to roll. So that was another big reason I was like trying to push so hard and make it. So you start doing that. And my, one of my advice that I talked to, so I talked to um, Lieutenant Commander Cole before I left for OCS. And one of his advice was remember your reason when you're there. Like it's going to be, there's going to be days where it sucks. Like remember why you're there. And I kind of was like, okay, okay. Like not knowing like exactly what he meant or was it really going to be that hard? Was I really going to need to remember my reason? Yes, you're going to need to know your reason. And it's not necessarily that it's like hard because there, there are some days that it's hard, but you're just doing a lot of like stupid crap and things just start getting like mentally taxing. I mean, don't get me wrong. There were, there were men, uh, physically hard days, but I feel like it's mentally like, why am I here doing this stuff? Because that's not exactly how the fleet is. I mean, it's nowhere near how the fleet is. And so it can be hard to be like, why am I going through this knowing that the fleet is nothing like this, you know, but it's just to build militarization and to teach you discipline and, you know, those kinds of things. So you go on and you start prepping all your stuff. And one of my biggest advices would be to come to OCS with a lot of stuff that is like hygiene wise, like be prepared because a lot of my friends showed up with only like travel size or barely had stuff. So then like they're having to do next runs and they don't have all their stuff. Like I came beyond prepared. I had like big bottles of shampoo and conditioner. I had stamps for letters. I had my address, which would be my another big advice. Your address is out there. You are able to know your address before you show up to OCS. So a lot of my friends didn't even know their address. So they're waiting to like send their first letter, finding their address, all this kind of stuff. And it's, it's available to you before you come. So your family and friends can have your address, um, which was really nice because like my grandma sent me a letter. So like, I think I got it like day two and everyone was like, how did you really get mail? I'm like, everyone knew my address. Like I literally posted it and was like, people please write me. <laughs> and so that would be my advice is just to bring everything, like bring a journal, bring pencils, bring highlighters, bring a notebook. Like you, you do get some of that stuff, but specifically the hygiene stuff to like bring an abundance of it because the other thing is you say like everyone needs cotton balls for like shining their boots so you go to the next well the next doesn't have 60 plus bags of cotton balls so the first 20 people might get those bags and then your your sol so yeah you hope your friend gets some and shares them but it's also nice that if you already brought a whole bag of cotton balls that you already have that. So I would really suggest packing, um, bringing an alarm clock, bringing extra salt, like just anything. Uh, I'll type up a packing list that I used um, that I kind of like created and different ones and then the things that I really thought were like important to have. But really bring all your stuff. You have a two drawer. I was able to fit like a whole pillow plus all the stuff I brought. Like there's plenty of room in your two drawer for all of your stuff. That would be my other advice is like a pillow or a blanket. I chose a pillow. Uh, luckily, I was given a really good pillow, but like my friend Jackson was not given a good pillow. So he had like a crappy pillow for like three weeks. And I was like, dude, like you can ask for another one. And he just didn't think about it. But I was not willing to take that risk. So I made sure that my pillow was good because I was like, if I do not get good sleep, then 
all of this is going to like crumble down. So uniform wise, you buy so many uniform. You go to the uniform store three specific times to get your camis, your khakis, and your dress uniforms. And it's a total, if you are a civilian and you did not bring any in for like any uh, uniform, excuse me, it's about $3,200. And that's if you don't get any extras, anything like that. You do get a $2,000 uniform allowance, but just know that you're going to be paying a nice little three grand at the uniform store at the end of the day. I think a lot of my friends that were priors that had some of their uniforms obviously weren't as much, but a lot of times if they don't think your uniforms are up to date, so like my friend Casper brought camis and they're like, no, only one of your camis are good, so your other two aren't, you have to buy new ones. And so the chiefs inspect it and if it's not up to their standard, then they still make you buy it. So take your risk if you're gonna bring your uniforms, if you're a prior or if you're gonna buy them at like a consignment shop before, just know that they are inspecting them um, to be at a certain level because they're gonna hang in your wall locker for different uniform inspections and it's just important for them to like look nice don't agree that it's like silly and it's kind of a waste of money and it's really frustrating but just know that's kind of going to be how much money that you spend so your second role of evolution is called first friday and the gist of it is you get woken up at 4 30 and you lay out your socks and your shoes outside your door before they wake you up they tell you to get dressed they tell you to hydrate and then you go back into your room uh you do head and hygiene just like brush your teeth all that kind of stuff and then you post out you run down to nimitz field which is just like the field where the track is and all that kind of stuff and you do a 10 minute hit workout and this is basically when you meet your drill instructor for the first time, and this is when all of the staff members, so all the RDCs and the DIs, just go ballistic on you. And you're working out, you're doing push-ups and lunges and squats and bicycle crunches and burpees, and they are in your face screaming at you. And basically, like if you don't put out to their level of satisfaction, if you aren't working out hard enough, they pull you, and that means you rolled. Uh, and so it was intense. You are screaming your head off. Yes, sir. Yes, ma'am. I, sir. I, ma'am. Like you are while you're doing this workout and you are giving your all. And that would be my advice. Give it your absolute all because people have rolled because they didn't give it their all. They were trying to conserve energy. You want to be absolutely gassed by the end of that 10 minutes because that means you gave it your all. And that's what they care. They care about effort. And so that was a lot. And this is basically when they really start the mind games. So you finish that and then they're like, okay, everyone run to your water bottles. And so because they want ex everyone to like form as a group and they don't want anyone to like the term is like be an individual. So think for yourself, you run to your water bottles and then someone picks it up and starts drinking it. And so then your DI is like, oh, so you can start drinking it? Well, I didn't tell you to start drinking it. So then you all like run somewhere, you start doing push-ups, and then you come back and they're like, all right, pick up your water bottle. So then people pick it up and you're supposed to hold it a certain way and someone started drinking it. And he's like, did I tell you to drink it? And then you're like, no, sir. So then you put the water bottle down and then you run again or you start doing burpees, you know, things like that. And you do that over and over and over again until every single person in your group can decide like, hey, we're going to wait till we were told to do something. And that's pretty much how it goes is you're just doing things multiple, multiple times because one person decides like, oh, I should put my gloves on, even though they didn't tell me to put my gloves on or like, oh, I should put my backpack on. Well, they didn't tell me to put my backpack on, you know, things like that. 
and it's really frustrating and so you're just caught and then one of their favorite things is they'll be like okay get dressed and so they'll start counting and they're like three zero two nine two eight two seven two six and so you get dressed really quickly and then they're like oh people weren't done in time so take it all off so you take it all off and then they count you down to like take it off and then they tell you to get dressed again and then they tell you to undress and then they tell you to dress again and so you're just doing things and that is the like mental toll that it takes on you like oh my gosh I've taken this parka off three times like can I like I'm over this you know so that's kind of what's really hard I feel like because the first like six days you're just sitting in class you're not working out you're sitting in so many classes your body really kind of gets like hard is not the right word but like you're not using it like I was working out every single day before I left for OCS and then the what the first six days I'm like doing nothing but sitting in classes and so you do this hard workout and then because my class team is really tough we got sand pitted which is like you go to the sand pit and you work out so you get gross or we just got like random RPT sessions which is um remedial physical training so like another hit session basically three times after first friday so we messed up three different times on that same friday where we got beat which is what we called like another workout we're like okay now do push-ups and then you're gonna do burpees and then you're gonna do squats and like and you just you work out until they think it's like satisfied in their mind so we got three more workouts after fast friday so come friday night like we are in pain it is rough it is rough 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 And so then Saturday morning, and this is kind of the different thing when it depends on class teams. Some class teams do this Saturday and some class teams do this Monday. So it really just depends on you. Well, my class team's tough. So why would they want to give us a day to rest our bodies? Uh, Let's just beat them again. So we do what's called uh, training country familiarization. So you run around training country and which is the basically a loop of where all of our training takes place for the 13 weeks at OCS. And so you run around and you learn about what each building is and why you need to go to these buildings and things like that. And during this loop, you visit all of the different sand pits. And so you get beat and then you run some more and then you get beat and then you run some more and you get beat. And that one was probably what the hardest day was for me because my body was already so sore. And I'll be the first person to say I was not a good runner. And I don't know if it's like an officer thing or if it was an OCS thing or like what, but people are good runners and I was not. And I had been training really hard to like get better at running, but it was not enough compared to a lot of my classmates. And so that was really hard for me mentally to know that like I was giving it my all and I was still like in the back struggling on this run constantly getting beat and that was another thing that was hard for me as well is like you go to these sand pits and you're, you have to figure out like how much do you put out during these RPT sessions because then if you're going to be running again and you, you know you don't, you don't know and so it's this weird kind of like how much do I give out and I was personally giving my all during these uh, sand pit sessions not realizing that I was going to have to continue to run for the next 30 plus minutes to all these other different spots and continue to get beat so I definitely just gave out too much now granted when you're doing the evolutions like first friday fast cruise and rlp you give out all you got for those 10 minutes because it's just going to be those 10 minutes but these rpt sessions and you know these different times where they're just like well you're going to go get pitted you got to kind of figure out how you want to pace yourself because we were averaging like two to three sand pit sessions a day you know so you just got to figure out and that doesn't include pt or other kind of physical things and so you got to figure that out and so My body was pretty wrecked after Saturday, and Saturday was probably my hardest day at OCS. Just because I'd already been gone for a week, I was mentally just like really rough. My roommate and both my suite mates, so the 
three people I shared a bathroom with had all left. They had all DOR'd. And so I was completely by myself anytime we were in our rooms. And so that's hard too. I mean, there was benefits of it. Like I didn't have to make my bed every day. I got to sleep on the extra bed. Um, but it's also sometimes hard to like not be able to talk about, you know, how you're feeling about certain things. And most of my friends at OCS were guys. And so I think I felt like a lot of times, like when I was emotional, or I was like struggling about something. I couldn't always like talk to them because I didn't feel like they understood like where I was coming from, like as a female. And so that was probably my hardest day there. I wrote a letter, mailed it to Cade, and I was like, all right, I got this. I ended up talking to one of my candios, which was really cool because she made me feel a lot better and she gave me some advice. And fast forward, I saw her at the gym this week. I like walked into the locker room and I was like, oh my gosh, Phoebe. And she was like, what are you doing here? And I was like, I'm stationed here. And so she's here doing BDOC for, cause she's a service warfare officer. And so it was really cool because I was like, oh my gosh, like you have no idea, like how much you helped me at OCS. And so it was cool to see her now being in the fleet and completed. So the weekend kind of pretty much is what we call holiday routine. So the staff members kind of come around on Saturdays they don't really come around on Sundays that's like your day off and so I was able to go to church and it was cool that there was a couple members of my church in my class and so I got to go with them and meet the other members of the church in like OCS as a whole and so that was really reassuring and definitely made it kind of go better and as I was reading through my journal it's really funny because at the end of every night I would write in my journal and talk about the day and the weird thing about OCS is like when you're in the middle of something that sucks, whether you're getting like RPT'd or you're in the sand pit or you're just doing something that like sucks and you're like not enjoying it, you're like, oh, this is annoying, this sucks. But by the end of the day, you like almost forget that a lot of these things happen. And so it's funny because overall I'll be like, oh yeah, that was a great day. And then as I'm like recanting the day in my journal, I'm like, today really wasn't that great of a day. Like we got yelled at and my bed got flipped and like, you know, all these kinds of things. When I say my bed get flipped, that means that like our rooms are inspectable Monday through Saturday, 08 to 1800 every day. They can come in our rooms at any time and it has to be pristine. And so the officer like candidate regulation book, which we called the OCR, basically showed us in detail how our rooms had to be set up. So your bed had to be made a proper way, your folds had to be a certain way, your wall locker had to like hold your uniforms a certain way, like everything is like down to the nines, like super specific. And so normally our chief would walk in our rooms every day and like inspect them and if they weren't good enough, he'd flip your bed or he'd pull your clothes out and like strew them all over the floor if it wasn't okay, you know, all these different kinds of things. And so sometimes that was hard too, is like you get done with a whole day and then you come back to your room and it's a mess and you have to redo everything because it's inspectable again, starting at zero eight the next day. And so that was kind of hard, but it's interesting that when you, you're able to like, at least for me, I was really able to focus on the good and was like, well, yeah, this part of the day sucked, but I had this great conversation or I made this new friend or, you know, this funny moment happened. And so that would be my other advice is if you can really embrace the suck with your friends and focus on the good, it really will make a difference for your time at OCS. The next thing we did was a swim qual. So everyone has to do the third class swim qual, which includes swimming. I think it's like 50 meters you jump off the high dive and then you float for five minutes i was really nervous about this because i um struggled to hold my breath underwater but you're able to do the float on your back and it worked out totally fine and it was easy peasy and so that was fun and it's really funny as i'm reading back to my journal preparing for this episode is i was looking through the different days and 
the thing about eating in the chow hall is that people come up with some pretty weird concoctions. So, like, one of them was this person was peanut put excuse me, was putting peanut butter on their burger. And it's really funny because I remember who that exactly was. And at that time, I was, like, sitting next to his kid and was, I was like, you just put peanut butter on your burger. This is the weirdest thing I've ever seen. And now, 13 weeks later, I'm like, oh, my gosh, like, that's one of my friends. That's so funny. And another friend who would put jelly on either saltines or bread, and he would just eat that. So instead of like a peanut butter and jelly, he would just eat jelly. And it would be like three to four packs of jelly on a sandwich. And he'd eat like two or three of those a meal. And so I was like, oh my gosh, like we have a jelly addiction. The other thing that I thought was interesting is people put cottage cheese on like everything. Cottage cheese and oranges, cottage cheese on salads. I mean, it was like cottage cheese everywhere. I was like, I've never seen this before. So that was kind of funny to see people's different food concoctions while in the chow hall. Real quick, I'll talk about the chow hall. It's really hard to explain through a podcast. Um, so if you ever want me to call you sometime and tell you and describe to you the chow hall procedures, feel free. Um, it's quite the ordeal. But it's about a 15-minute a procedure that you will go through in order to eat. And it's very long. And what the staff members like to do is they like to sit there and watch you do it. And if it's not to their expertise, they'll make you redo it and they yell at you. And it's, it's just quite interesting. And it is, it's one of those things you're like, I cannot believe that you do this, but you do this every single day, three meals a day for nine plus weeks. And so it's really interesting to know like, wow, we really, you, like at first you start like, there's no, I'm going to remember this. You feel like you're just drinking out of a fire hose. And then all of a sudden you're like, wow, I can do this like with my eyes closed. This is wild. So definitely chow hall, one of the most interesting things at OCS. So... The next thing that was really cool as I was reading back through my journal was one day I was having a really rough day. Uh, this DI said something mean to me at uh, PT and it really got in my head and my lieutenant, um, one of my class teams, he came up to me and he was like, don't quit on me, Culver. Like, you got this. Like, I believe in you. And that was really um, pivotal moment for me. Like, I was really like, oh my gosh, like, it really kind of lit me up. And it was one of those motivations that I was really grateful that I had. And that words of encouragement really did help me. And so I'm really grateful that I had such an awesome class team. Something I was finding out is that everyone says it's a small Navy and it really is. Like, it was so cool for me to see the different friend groups or excuse me, the different friends in my group, how we all knew different people. So one of my friends, um, deployed with one of my other friends that helped me get into the Navy and we lived like down the street from each other and we had like no idea and my other friend knew someone that I used to work with and so it was really cool to be like oh you know this person oh I know this person and like it was cool to see that and know that come like when you hit the fleet paths cross and everyone looks out for each other and it was just really reassuring to know that these people I'm going to run into again, whether we get stationed when we leave OCS together or not. And that was, I was just, it warmed my heart. So the next thing, the third rollable evolution of indoctrination candidate phase is called fast cruise. And this one is by far for me the hardest one that we, we did. Um, and that's kind of the hardest thing about OCS is it's very subjective. Everything is going to be based off the staff member that sees you and that evaluates you and grades you and it's also going to be about what your strengths and weaknesses are little side note before i go into uh fast cruise but i feel like ocs and i'm going to reiterate this probably in every episode but because it was a very pivotal thing for me but ocs 
very much preys on a lot of your weaknesses. And I think sometimes it can be hard to remember what your strengths are. And for me, running was not one of my strengths. It's a weakness of mine. Um, I have a lot of running anxiety, I feel like, which I'll touch on um, in a couple episodes when I had a really pivotal thing happen at my time at OCS. But for me, running was really hard. And so running with a 35-pound sea bag was a very daunting task for me and was really stressful for me to think about. And I felt like my biggest advice for people going to OCS is you are going to have a lot of your weaknesses put out in front of you. And a lot of times you're going to see people's strengths that are your weakness. And that's going to be really hard. For example, like two of my friends or three of my friends, excuse me, in my class, one is a Navy SEAL and two are going to buds to become Navy SEALs. And so physically they are just amazing, like amazing. And so sometimes it would be really hard because I would compare myself to like, why are they not struggling? Or like, why can they run a mile and a half in seven minutes and 42 seconds? But that's that's their strength, you know? Like that doesn't take away from the fact that I also have my strengths. And so I think sometimes when you talk to different people, like how to gauge, like, what do you mean this is really hard? And it just depends on what your strengths and weaknesses are. For me, Fast Cruise was hard because I'm 125 pounds and carrying a 35 pound sea bag on my back back while running like I guess we're like trotting but still we were like moving um is not like some easy feat like I didn't grow up rocking and doing all those kinds of things so into fast cruise so you wake up and the way you're woken up is by the staff so the RDCs and the DIs they are screaming at you pounding on your door telling you to get dressed and your clothes are folded and put outside your door so you open up your door and they're screaming at you to get dressed you're like trying to put on your socks and shoes and your pants as fast as you possibly can and you're they're screaming at you and you're answering and it's just I mean anxiety and like stress inducing so then they tell you to hydrate, then you put your water balls down, and they make you file out to the P-way, which is like the hallway outside of your barracks room, and you start doing a workout. So they're screaming at you to do push-ups and lunges, and during this, you are screaming two things, whether it's what we call discipline or the mission of the Navy, and so you're screaming this. So discipline is D-I-S-C-I-P-L-I-N-E. Discipline is instant willing obedience to orders, respect for authority, and self-reliance freeze candidate freeze and so you are screaming that or you're screaming mission of the navy constantly over and over while working out so you do that for like about five to seven minutes and then they tell you to go back into your hatch so you run back into your hatch you hydrate again and this is when like they get kind of like feral like you they tell you to like put your water bottle like inside your room and if you don't do it fast enough they like rip it outside your right rip it out of your hands and like chuck it into your room like hitting the walls hitting your wall lock you're like it's super funny to like watch so then they tell you to put your sea bag on so you throw your sea bag on and you run down the stairs So you run down the stairs and you run outside of Nimitz, which is what our barracks were the first nine weeks of OCS, and you run onto the field. So you do like a big loop around the field and then you run on there. And you're not like running, running, you're like trotting, but you all have to be running together and they're all screaming at you and you're just screaming discipline and mission of the Navy. And if you aren't screaming and then they catch you not screaming, they get in your face and then they make you scream even more. And so you just want to be screaming the whole time and you want to be as loud as you possibly can. So you get onto the field, they tell you to drop your sea bags, and then you start a specific workout. And I can't remember exactly what it is, but it's like push-ups, burpees, lunges, bicycle crunches, squats, leg lifts, like, you know, something like that. And while you're doing this, you're screaming again, 
discipline and mission of the Navy over and over and over and over and over again. And the staff members are just screaming at you, they're yelling, and if you, um, during fast cruise, they have what's called the shark tank, so you, if they don't feel like you're putting out enough, they pull you, you go to the shark tank, you do another workout, so whether it's like, they make, make you just do like lunges or squats, like they want you to, they want to see effort. And then they send you back. And if you get pulled too many times or they don't think you're putting out enough at all, then they pull you completely and you roll from fast cruise. And so sometimes people, what I would see happen was they get in your face and you get really nervous and you don't know what to do and you just shut down. And so then you stop working and that's an automatic like pull. And so that would be my biggest advice is if they get in your face, they want to smell blood. And so if you can be as loud as you possibly can and just keep going as fast as you can, they will just walk away. It's really wild. That was like the advice we were given. Like, give it your all and scream as loud as you can and they will walk away. And it's really true. If they get in your face and they're like, push faster, push faster. And you're like, I sir, I sir. They'll just walk away. Like, they don't know what to do when you respond appropriately and very loud. Like, they're like, oh, okay, that didn't work. Let me go find somebody else. Like, they just sense fear. That's why we call them sharks. They smell blood, and then they just attack. And then if you are, like, struggling to respond or to work out, they will, like, hound you. Like, all of a sudden, you'll have, like, three DIs just on you, like, screaming at you in your face. And that's a lot of times when people really crumble under pressure, and then that's when you get rolled. And so my biggest advice, excuse me, is just give it your all. Literally, if you can push for 10 minutes and scream as loud as you possibly can, you're good. Just that's all you have to do. And that's the biggest thing is the minute you are not loud, they just like freak out. Um, My chief, his like one of his famous sayings for us was don't be messing with my volume. Like if we were not loud enough, they would automatically just freak out. And so that was my biggest thing is like, if you could just be loud, I never once got singled out my entire time at OCS. Um, for like a lot of times if you messed up doing certain things and they would like pull you out and single you out and like make you push by yourself or they would like sit there and scream at you. I never once got singled out in one of those ways because every time I like as the group we were getting yelled at or something happened, as long as you could keep a thousand yard stare and be really loud, you are good. With that being said, one of the things I was really nervous about was laughing or like smiling while getting yelled at. Um, you can ask Kate, and I think I said it in season three, like I was so nervous about that going to OCS because when I am in uncomfortable situations, I laugh and smile. It's like kind of like the way I cope with being uncomfortable. And so I was really nervous to like, what if I got laughed at? And then, I mean, can you imagine if I laughed in a DI's face? Safe to say that did not ever happen. Like the minute you're getting yelled at, like you are so scared that you're literally like, I refuse to make eye contact with you and I will just scream as loud as I can. So luckily I never laughed or smiled because I really was scared every single time. So it worked out all good in that way. So you finish this workout, then you take your sea bag, you put it back on, I know, sorry, back on fast cruise, little side tangents, that's my life. So you put the sea bag back on and you run around the opposite way and you head back to Nimitz. You go up this big long hill and that's like truly what did me and I was like, oh my gosh. You run back and you get into your room and then they tell you to go in your hatch and hydrate and that's how you kind of knew you passed. And so that one was really hard. Like for me, fast cruise was the hardest evolution to complete. I'm very grateful that I completed it and I did not roll. Um, We had some people that rolled and I feel like they do pretty much like about 10% from every class rolls, if not more depending on who can perform. 
but it's really I'm really grateful that I didn't because that was the one I was definitely most nervous for so after um, Fast Cruise, what was really cool was um, the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints um, put on a devotional every Friday night. And so that was really cool because that's the church I go to. But everyone went to devotional on Fridays because they brought so much sugar and snacks and sweets. And so it was really cool um, to see like all my friends go because one, I felt like I didn't know how people were going to perceive the church or like what it was going to be like for me going like actually because I'm a member but it was really cool to like have all my friends go now granted I know most of them went because of the sweets but they were really supportive and it led to some really cool discussions about the church and so I was really grateful for that um, but it was really cool to like be around church members and have a cool lesson every week and then obviously just get sugar and snacks and sweets and have time to just chill there's no staff members there you're able to just like talk freely with the other members in your class and the classes above you or below you depending on where you are in the phase of training and so it's just a very big morale booster and so i'm very grateful that the church puts that on and that we have that opportunity to have it at ocs so my class was kind of crazy when it comes to like numbers and size so we only started with 86 people and normally you start with about 100 and by day 16 we were already at 53 people so we had like i think 17 people dor we had another 13 people uh get covid like covid really hit our class hard and that was really hard because one of my best friends got covid and that was really hard for me because i was like oh my gosh like I really thought 110% like it was me and him like to the end like we would have we would have graduated together type thing we were really close and so when he got COVID enrolled that made me really sad but he is about to graduate on Friday so I'm really excited for him and so by day 16 we had 53 people like we were a tiny 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 class and COVID was pretty pretty hot again we had a lot of people get sick and test and roll out and so we had a couple things like change, like they secured child hall procedures for a couple of days. And so different things changed just to hope that we would stop all getting sick with COVID. But it was definitely kind of intense. And during this kind of phase in training, week two, you start prepping for RLP, which is the room locker and personnel inspection. And so basically the gist of it is your room has to be set a certain way. Your bed has to be made. Your shirts have to be folded six inches. Your socks have to be folded four inches and your hangers have to be spaced correctly. And your shoe box has to be a certain way and your shoes have to be tied a certain way. Like everything has to be very specific. And then your room has to be like spotless. And I mean like finger on the ground, nothing comes up spotless. And then while you're getting your room inspected, you are doing another hit session for 10 minutes and you're screaming out knowledge this time. So you're screaming out all of Appendix Bravo is fair game to be asked. So instead of just saying mission of the Navy or discipline, you're screaming out your code of conduct, your Navy or Marine Corps rank structure, the general orders of a century, your chain of command, like all this kind of stuff you're just screaming out depending on which staff member you get and what they ask you. And so you start prepping for LP. And so the thing about on top of your clothes having to be folded a certain way, every article of clothing has to be stenciled a certain way. So some of it just want your initials. Some of it want, we call article 531. So your last name, comma, first initial, period, middle initial, period. 
And so everything has to be stenciled a certain way. Everything has to be folded a certain way. Like it is, it is pretty darn stressful. And so you spend every day at night during the day when you have free time stenciling all of your stuff and then folding it. My biggest advice with that is find what people's strengths are. Some people are really good at folding shirts. Some people are really good at folding socks. Some people are really good at making beds. Like just find out what you're good at and what other people are good at and then kind of do like a little trade. Like, okay, I'll fold your t-shirts if you fold my socks, you know, things like that. And then what we did while we were stenciling and IPing, IPing means like you take out all the tiny little strings from your shirts. And because what they do is when they're searching your shirt, so they measure it during RLP, they pull it out, they measure it, they check the stencil and then they check for IPs. And if they find an IP, it's a hit. And so you cut every tiny little string off of every article of clothing and it takes a long time. And so you just do that for days on end. And while you're doing that, you're studying. So you're sitting there stenciling or folding and then you're like, okay, tell me what your code of conducts are. And then they say, hey, name your chain of command, even numbers only, you know, and all that kind of stuff. And so it's really interesting because I feel like that's what really builds morale and like when you really start getting your friend group because you sit in your friend groups every single day doing this all day long. And so it was not like quote unquote fun to do, but it really was fun because then you just start talking like, oh, where'd you go to school? What did you study? Do you have kids? Are you married? You know, and you really start to get to know your friends during these times. And this is when I really started building the friendships. And so I was really grateful for those days of prepping for RLP because I really feel like my friendships were solidified during that time. Getting letters was awesome. It really was a huge morale booster. If anyone's listening and you have somebody going to OCS or you're going to OCS, ask people to write you. It was huge for me. I was like known for getting letters because my family was wonderful and they all wrote me a lot. And you could tell like the people that weren't getting letters, like how hard that was for them. I was really fortunate to get a letter every single mail call. And it does make a huge difference just to hear about how your family's doing and to hear their words of encouragement. So I would really encourage people to write you, like ask them to. And then if you know someone going to OCS to write them. For me, I really, as I'm reading back to my journal and just remembering OCS, this is when I really started to rely on God a lot like I was praying so much and just trusting in him that he had a plan for me and that he was going to get me through my biggest thing is like OCS the first three weeks are the toughest like if you can get through week three you're pretty much golden you know it's just academics after that point and so if you can get through the three weeks of indoc phase that's what I just kept telling myself like every person was like just get through and doc just get through and doc and it really is true and so for me I was really just trusting that he had a plan and that he was going to get me through so RLP comes and you stand outside your room and the biggest thing that stinked about RLP is you want your bed to be perfect so you make it perfect the night before and then you don't sleep on your bed which everyone doesn't sleep on their bed you're technically supposed to sleep in between your sheets every single night while you're OCS no one's checking and so the night before most time you just sleep on top of your sheets and then you fix it in the morning but the day of RLP your bed is like five points and so you like don't even want to like risk getting it messed up and so you sleep on the floor, like you sleep on a yoga mat, and it was like the worst sleep of my life, I swear. And so you wake up already exhausted because you barely slept, and then you freak out all morning, basically. And then by eight o'clock, you're sitting outside your room, and you wait for them to like square off in front of you, and you start RLP. And a lot of things that you'll learn about OCS is they're overhyped. 
granted, the evolutions are tough. People don't always make it through. People drop. People can't handle being yelled at. You know, different things. But overall, I felt like a lot of things about OCS was overhyped. And so my biggest advice would be just to keep pushing and to, like, kind of take everything you're told with a grain of salt. I'm trying to be very honest and, like, even kill my things. Like, if something's really hard, I'll tell you. Um, but a lot of times I felt like things were overhyped. I feel like RLP is hard. It is a hard evolution, but it's not impossible like some people would tell you. And so my biggest advice is if you're prepared, if you can physically put out for 10 minutes, then you got it. And as long as you get your room squared away and you have your friends check it and you don't autofill, you'll be good to go. Then the last kind of biggest thing about the end of in doc phase is what's called jock push and so jock is junior officer candidate which is the next phase after in doc and so you do like a little kind of like ceremony to become a jock and so it's just a it's like about a 25 minute workout so you like run around you get pitted a couple times they make you work out you run around some more you get worked out some more and then you get your pin which signifies in your uniform that you're a jock now and so that's the like culminating evolution of indoc phase once you get your jock pin you are no longer an indoc and so that was a really great thing and so my other kind of two things to remember for indoc phase is one apply for an american express card either before you get to ocs or an indoc phase because you want it for when you get done and you pay off your uniforms i'm going to do an episode all about kind of like the different finances and moving things that i've learned but Long story short, the American Express, get the platinum, the 695 annual credit, uh, annual like fee gets waived for being military and the benefits are amazing. And then if you use it, you need to do like, I think the promotion right now is like $6,000 within six months, gets you 125,000 points, which is equivalent to like $2,700. So if you get it, you can at least put your uniforms on it. That's about, that's $3,000 out there. So then you have another six months, depending on when you order it, anywhere from six to three months to put another 3000 on it, which should be doable. Um, and then all of a sudden you have all these points and it's great. And so definitely apply for American Express. That's what we all did and it was really great. And then my last thing is to stretch and roll out and then have friends that help you. I was really grateful that I had a lot of friends that were smart athletically and medically and they really helped stretch and roll out because your shins hurt by the end of it and you're wearing boots now and those are hard to break in and all that kind of stuff. And so that would be my biggest advice. OCS is definitely um, challenging. It was one of the hardest things I've done in my life. But it was so rewarding and reading back through my journal, one, I'm just really grateful that I I wrote down things every day and I'm grateful for the people that helped me get through it there at OCS and then at home, you know, Cade and my parents and grandparents and my friends and everyone that wrote me was really awesome. And so as I recant through these different journal entries, it's really cool to, to see how much it's changed and everything and as I go on and tell you all about OCS and like everything I've learned, it's really cool to watch the different phases as you go through the phases, like the people that come in after you and different things that you learn and the knowledge that you're able to give them and that people give you. And so overall, OCS is a wonderful experience. I am forever grateful that I got to experience it and that I made it through. I truly feel like I am living a dream and I'm so happy that this is my life. If you are headed to OCS, please reach out if you have any questions or 
any specific things you want advice on, I can definitely dive more in depth. And I really am so grateful for the opportunity to have this platform. I really hope that this can reach people and it can help people know what they're getting into and that they can accomplish it. People have gone before you and they're gonna come after you and that like OCS is, it's hard, it's challenging and it's gonna teach you different things, but it's so worth it. Like the fleet is so awesome and it's definitely um, what I feel like is the right choice. Now granted, it might not be the right choice for you, but I really believe that if you give it your all and you trust in God, it's really gonna work out. I'm so grateful that I am now hitting the fleet and that I'm able to bring this podcast to life. I'm really excited for season four for you to learn about OCS and then meet uh, some of my friends that are gonna come on the podcast that I met at OCS, which I'm really excited for because I feel like they have so much knowledge and will really be able to share so many different important things that they've learned whether as a civilian or coming on as a prior and being a Mustang now. And I am really just grateful for this opportunity that I listened to the prompting a little over a year ago to join the Navy. And the next couple episodes I feel like will really be eye-opening for people that want to know about my experience that are going to head to OCS and I feel like overall it'll be great. I hope you guys have an amazing week. Check out the other three seasons. They have some wonderful guests and some wonderful information and I am so excited for season four and I will talk to you next Friday.